Addressing daily log monitoring and the shared responsibilities merchants and their third-party service providers sharing card data protection will be a priority for the PCI Security Standards Council in 2015, as industry outcries for more clear expectations related to ongoing card security have been requested of the Council. Here, Troy Leach, Chief Technology Officer of the PCI Security Standards Council, explains why daily log monitoring and shared data security responsibilities are so concerning for merchants and steps the Council is taking now to address those concerns. Concerns. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Troy, the Council has issued quite a bit of guidance and recommendations since early 2014 when version 3.0 of the PCI DSS first took effect. Why is issuing related guidance and best practices been such an important piece of what the PCI Security Standards Council has done this year? Well, thanks, Tracy. I think the primary driver here is these special interest groups are elected by our community of merchants and banks and vendors and other processors, and they have bring a broad spectrum of what they need to understand more clearly when requirements are developed. So the outcry over the last couple of years has been for more guidance around those third-party relationships. What does that mean for my own compliance? How do I make this business as usual more effectively and, and just have the level of security that's expected to protect payment card data at the same time doing it in a cost-effective, reasonable way? So I think the, the driver here has been from our community themselves asking, can you provide guidance or can we provide guidance as a community on these particular topics. So Troy, 2014 has seen its fair share of retail point of sale breaches. How would you say that these breaches have impacted the evolving role, if you will, that the PCI DSS will play in overall payment security? Several ways the breaches have created uh, activity in our industry. The first for us, and it has been for quite some time, not just with the 2014 breaches, but what we've been seeing as a trend over the last two to three years, is how do we find ways to devalue information? We recognize that given enough time and effort, um, it becomes very difficult for the good guys. So how can we minimize the risk of exposing that cardholder information? How can we turn the problem on its ear and actually look at devaluing that information, whether it's through encryption or tokenization or other technologies, that we actually find ways to, even if the data in transit is exposed, it's not exposing it to the criminals in a way that they can remarket that and provide some kind of residual value. That's one area that the breaches have played an impactful role in, in the payment ecosystem, not only for the PCI Council, but, but in general for financial services. And then the other area is around looking at what those dependencies are that we've developed over time, uh, like outsourcing relationships and reevaluating those areas and what security impact they may have in the ecosystem so that everyone goes into this well prepared to know who is responsible for what activity. So Troy, you mentioned some different areas that will be a focus for the Council in 2015. Let's dive into some of those um, a little bit more specifically. Daily log analysis. How do you expect the Council to address daily log analysis and what do you think some of the recommendations might be? Yeah. You know, the selection of log monitoring is very interesting. Uh, that topic has been proposed and on the ballot several times. However, the recent media attention that we just talked about to the anomalies being either overlooked, um, especially when there are tens of thousands of entries or worse that are being identified, or not having the appropriate response 
mechanisms when those are actually being detected. So I'm very interested to see the special interest group's role in finding ways to allow and provide practical information to the market on the exercise of log monitoring. I'm, I'm personally very happy about the selection because the log monitoring is the most underutilized business tool that a company has to show the real health of the organization. It, it can show what is happening in real time. It shows how you know the security controls are actually effective and you can measure. You know, Sometimes we put security controls in place and we don't actually understand if they're being effective or not. And we also can identify inefficiencies in the company and, and through that process can actually evaluate, okay, can we streamline and discover cost savings for our organization because we have the right metrics through log monitoring to evaluate against. Troy, so just to clarify here, this log monitoring um, or the daily log analysis that's been proposed, this is something that the council won't actually be putting together. This will be something that's addressed by one of the special interest groups. Is that correct? That's right. The merchants and banks and processors and vendors and uh, security professionals and others uh, from all different types of industry verticals. So the SIG will have the opportunity to develop what that final delivery is, is intended to be. They will begin in January of 2015. So, Troy, some of the issues that these special interest groups are addressing actually kind of go beyond what we would think of as the typical card data security that the PCI DSS would address. Do you see some of what's being suggested here and some of the best practices that are coming out going beyond what we would think of as traditional card data security to help address some of the overall security that's needed in the payments environment? I think so. We are seeing a renaissance in payments. The announcement of Apple Pay has the financial services industry buzzing as to what that might mean for omnichannel acceptance. When we put together any of our standards and any of the best practices, we are looking beyond payment card in the traditional sense that it's just a debit card, credit card, or gift card type of, of transaction, but recognizing that in all these other channels, not only is the traditional account number being uh, used to create commerce, but there are new types of tokens and other types of currency that are being used that still have security uh, requirements associated with them. So I think as we build these requirements, and even with version 3.0, uh, we were looking beyond payment card data specifically and, and looking at what is the future of payments and are the controls that we are creating relevant to those changes. I think the daily log analysis discussion is an interesting one, Troy, and it's a key area in my mind since we know that in the target breach, for instance, forensics found that anomalous activity was right there in the network logs, but target failed to catch it. What seems to be the overarching problem from your perspective when it comes to daily log monitoring? Is it just too labor intensive because it's a manual process or is it something else? I, I think you've identified one of the two key areas. One is and what this guidance will provide is what do you look for? In some of these larger organizations, at the peak of their day, they're receiving 50,000 log entries per second. Uh, I'm a fast reader, but, but not that fast. And we have to find ways that we can identify and use automated tools to better leverage and make more cost-effective decisions and try to fine-tune to find where those anomalies are and exist in, in our networks. And I think this is an opportunity for us to give practical advice as to what you should be looking for. And then secondly, how do you manage the sheer volume of logging events? 
And that, that could be, as I said, quite overwhelming. The SIG will probably provide practical advice on how you fine-tune and fine-tune with automated tools and then have a good manual response to that because that's the second part in all these data breaches that we've seen from the stories that have come out in the press is there was daily log monitoring activity happening. There was detection of anomalies that was happening, but it was the human response and the process associated with that that was not able to react in, in a short enough period of time. So we want to find ways to use daily log monitoring to not only be reactive when law enforcement comes in and says there's been an account data compromise, but also proactive both for the benefits of reducing risk, but also for improving efficiencies of the payment system in general. Troy, do you think that daily log monitoring is enough, or do you think we need to monitor logs more often throughout the day? I, I think it, it requires the right due diligence for each unique environment. So if I'm uh, Troy's Pizza Shop on the corner, I'm probably not going to need more frequent uh, monitoring of, of my environment, whether I'm a, a larger aggregator of data or not. I think for most part, it's, and what this special interest group paper will probably address is how do you identify what is the appropriate frequency and how do you build the right process to manage that frequency. So let's move on to the other area, Troy, that is an expected focus for 2015. The Council also says it plans to address shared responsibilities for card data protection with third-party service providers. Is this more related to the contractual arrangements that merchants have with third parties, or is it something more? For the shared responsibilities special interest group, um, it's really a, a continuation of our effort from this year on the security expectations for third parties. Since more and more services are being outsourced by organizations, what I find very interesting in this is it's really a continuation of four years' worth of, of effort. If we go back to our special interest group several years ago on virtualization, we, we built a section in there related to cloud and cloud service providers. So the next year, the special interest group wanted to dive down into cloud service providers and, and what that relationship was. And as we built that document and best practice, People were asking, well, what about other third-party service relationships, and what kind of role and risk do they pose to an organization, and can we develop a best practice on that? So this year, we published that document, and I see this special interest group paper being a continuation of that, looking at you know, what are those gaps that might exist between what the service provider delivers in documentation to merchants and other parties that depend on the security of the service provider, and how do you go about maintaining that and managing that relationship? I think it's going to be an, a very nice continuation of, of the work done this year. I think this particular initiative is an interesting one, too. And you make a good point, Troy, because it is something that the council and its special interest group has been looking at for quite some time when it comes to third-party risks. But from my perspective, you know, we've seen these recent waves of back-off malware attacks that often have been connected to third-party software and or a third-party service provider that has remote access, and it's this remote access vulnerability that leads to the compromise of POS devices, or at least the POS devices that it manages for franchise locations in most cases. Is that the typical scenario that the council aims to address, or do you think that it could be something a little bit more general? It, it, it's going to address some of those issues. Some of those were covered in the publication on best practices this year. Some of that will be covered in best practices for 2015, and even more of that will be discussed 
relative to our DSS standard and other types of standards that we have, I think there's going to be a multi-pronged approach to addressing the risk posed by third-party relationships and the malware that's being injected through these remote channels, like you said. In the forensic investigators that I've been speaking to and looking at, at their reports in aggregate, we're seeing that 65 to 88 percent of all compromises that they investigate there is an association with third parties, connectivity that these third parties have into the merchant environment. That's a staggering number of, of those compromises. It's top of mind for the PCI Council and we'll be addressing this in multiple ways. And then finally, Troy, I know that this is really a work in progress, that we're looking ahead to 2015 and these are some of the expectations for possible guidance and best practices. But can you tell us how the Council plans to get the word out about some of these new best practices or guidelines that are expected in 2015? Sure. I, I think the best form for us is our word of mouth. So we have over a thousand organizations globally that participate in this process. We have the banking industry specifically has been very good about promoting our materials in their literature out to their portfolios. In fact, this year we just started a new acquire forum for acquirers and processors that meet with us on now on a, on a regular basis, and we're looking at ways that we can help leverage their communication channels in the industry so that we're reaching the small merchants as well as those that are Fortune 1000. Additionally, we also have our community meetings and other uh, press that we're doing. We look forward to, to hearing more from the Council. I want to thank you again, Troy, for your time today. Thanks, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Troy Leach of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.